Hey guys, this is Steve, and I'm here with Trey. It's another episode of Country Fried Otaku, where two Texas boys talk about anime and video games. And we're not going to waste any time and get right into it with our typical thing of what are we playing this week as we go into what we're watching and then a little bit of impressions on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Might be a short one, but we're going to go ahead and enjoy it all the same. Trey, so what are you playing this week? For me, it's uh, I'm actually just sticking to pretty much two games. It's Arkham Knight or it's Final Fantasy VII. Really, if... Uh, and it, it's it's kind of nice. If I'm not patrolling Gotham, I'm patrolling Midgar, and it's it's pretty cool. I haven't played two AAA games like this in a long time, just simultaneously, and I I haven't been uh I've been immersed in this much quality. I've kind of put Pokemon Crystal just it, it's pretty much on the shelf at the moment. I I'm not bothering with it until I'm done with these games. Oh, and Shadowverse. I am uh I'm pretty I'm pretty much in my free time. Anywhere I pull out and do a couple rounds of Shadowverse, but that's uh that's what I'm playing. What about you, Stephen? What are you in? Well, uh, right now I'm playing a multitude of things. To be honest with you, uh, so I got a new computer this week. Uh, it's kind of got some gaming chops to it. Ooh! So I was, you know, got Steam on this bad boy and <laughs> decided to load it up, and I was looking for a game to play. And I was looking through my library, and I stumbled upon a old gym that I had a while back called Reseteer, an item shop's tale. An and item chops? An item shop. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like this uh, Japanese like indie game where mm-hmm. you play this cute little girl, and she uh, is running an item shop to make the money to pay off the loan her dad took out, or they're going to take the home. And it's just kind of goofy the whole time, and the English script has a lot of like kind of like me- old memes and puns and things like that. And it's really cool because you have to haggle with people to get more money above the base price, and then people can sell stuff to you, and you have to haggle to get it below the base price. And you have to set up your item shop and your shelves with certain items and showcase certain items. And, and to get items that you don't have to pay for, so you can make more money and more profit, you send adventurers off to the dungeon. And that's where you get to play like a dungeon crawling kind of thing and gather items and take them back to the shop and sell them. Uh, you know, there's like time limits on how much money you have to make to pay off, pay on the loan. Otherwise, the yeah. game ends and you start over. But it's, it's a blast. And of course, I have a gaming computer that could play something like The Witcher 3 or... Uh, you know, Gears 5, and I choose to play a Japanese indie game from, like, <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> so, how would you... The way it sounded, and I, I may just have drawn this from nowhere, but how would you compare that to that Alchemist game that came out before Atelier Riza? Uh, Ariza. Uh, Atelier Selkie? Because that's one where you kind of manage things and you sell stuff at different shops with all the different Alchemist help, right? Or am I am I am I drawing a wrong conclusion here? Oh uh, no, no that so Nelky and the Legendary Alchemist, which is basically like a big anniversary game for the Atelier series and the big crossover with all the different characters. That's more like town management. So ah. you, in that game, you send people out to gather ingredients while there's other people that man the shops and sell certain stuff and and make certain stuff. So it's kind of managing your resources to keep this cycle of get items, create items, sell items, and you know, build this town up with different shops and assign different alchemists or salesmen or adventurers to their respective spot to kind of maximize your, you know, efficiency and to accomplish objectives. 
uh, it does have a the cycle system for the the game. Like so, in Nelki and in Arrestatier, if you don't make your loan payment in time, or if you don't complete the objectives within a certain amount of time, the game starts over just with a little bit of a bonus this time around to make it a little easier. Uh, oh. Yeah, so it's it's kind of got this replay value in the fact that if you didn't get it right the first time, there's a good chance you'll get it the second or third time. And it kind of moves things a little bit faster once you go through that. But uh, the dungeon crawling in Resetir is actually really, really fun. Uh, it's kind of got like the multiple floors thing, but it's got bosses and there's these other characters you can recruit. And every one of them has kind of a unique personality. Like your first adventurer is perpetually poor. And so... Uh, Resetir and him discuss which grasses in the town square you can safely eat. So okay, yeah, <laughs> Are, it's, but you're it's human, really wacky. right? It's really really wacky, but it's it's a ton of fun, and I can't recommend it. I think it, on Steam it's on sale on the regular for like seven ninety nine, maybe even less. If you hit a Steam sale, I think it goes down to like two ninety nine at different times. So, are you a or were you ever really a big PC gamer before? I, I know you're not really a big digital gaming kind kind of guy, but have you played a lot of PC games before? Uh, in the past, uh, when I lived in Seattle, Washington, I pretty much primarily PC gamed because I was on a very tight budget at the time and very tight time budget for that matter. So whenever Steam sales came up and they were, you know, putting games on sale for like three bucks, four bucks, five bucks, and they were actually decent games, uh, I'd jump on them on Steam and just play them on there. Like I think I have Burnout Paradise. Uh, I got The Witcher 2. Um, there's some Assassin's Creed. There's uh, Red Faction Guerrilla. Like, these are, you know, games on console that were still pretty pricey even then. I know they were older at the time, too, but, you know, they were dropped down during the Steam sales for next to nothing. So I tended to do my gaming on a PC versus a console. Um, but after a little while, I got a, I got my PS4 and, and a few games and just started playing that all the time and kind of switched over all the way back to the Sony system and kind of left the uh, PC gaming to gather dust. Gotcha. Okay. You think you're going to start doing a little bit more on there or is this, this indie game going to kind of be just a little four ATs for you right now? It's going to be kind of like a little side game that I play because I don't have to commit a ton of time to it at any given time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my main focus is primarily the PS4 right now. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake in a little bit, uh, but I'm also playing things like Sakura Wars. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let so, me hear about that. I, I need I need to hear about that. Actually, <laughs> I am I am invested in in hearing your report on that. I am about to rain on your damn parade. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Okay, so Sakura Wars traditionally, back in the day, was a little bit of a kind of like a visual novel dating sim sort of thing to kind of build up your girl's confidence and their abilities, and then you do like a tactical battle, uh, you know, to fight off demons and stuff like that. But most of the story was actually told through visual novel style things, and that is definitely the case here. Because oh. Sakura Wars is set kind of in this uh, steampunk version of the like 1940s with like steam, like they have a like you have a smartphone, but it's like it calls it a steam powered communicator, and <laughs> it looks like a smartphone, and you're like, how does that work as a steampunk thing? But okay, let's go with it. Uh, <laughs> and you basically play as this guy that is in the navy, and he gets assigned to the you know Japanese flower division of anti demon forces and they 
in their meantime to make money and stuff like that, they run a theater. Well, they're in bad shape. Like they're horrible at acting. They're everybody thinks they're a joke. Their facility is just junked up. You know, it's no longer the uh, place of honor and you know fame that it was before in the series. And so you get tasked with kind of you know getting them to be better and all that. So what it results in is a lot of talking. So like I'll this is going to disappoint you from the get go. Is Man. I'm about an hour into the game. And I have not hit a battle at all. That oh, that's so disappointing. I mean, it's okay if it's not like a battle, but the trailer I saw that hooked me was like, you know, the the theater, and you, you get to see that the guy's like an officer or whatever it is, and that that looked really cool. And you talk to all the girls, and it looks like there's maybe some romance in it, and that's fine. But then it showed mech battles, and I was like, oh hell yeah, I, that that's what I'm here for. Let's do that. And uh, if if it's got a little bit more of a not, I mean, maybe not even a little bit more. If it's eighty percent visual novel, that's a that's a no for me, dog. It's I can't. It's a seventy thirty seventy percent. You know, running around talking to people, trying to figure out how to spruce up the theater, getting to know people, uh, answering options. Like I've answered multiple choice questions probably about twenty times so far. Uh, between little side talks, the main you know girls talking to you, and. Uh, you know, finding random items, you know, there's just all kinds of different stuff to do and it helps expand the world. It makes it really interesting. I really like the characters and it's like playing an anime. This game has great graphics and Tite Kubo's uh, character designs actually fit in really well and look really good in this thing. But it is very much a a kind of, you know, dating sim visual novel thing going on because you meet the girl and you have to respond within a certain amount of time between the three choices and it'll make this little ding if you did it right or it'll like make a buzzer if you did it, you chose the wrong one and it all affects like their relationship with you which relates to other things in the game. And uh, it's also kind of funny because sometimes it'll do that ding like right away when you make the choice so you're like, oh, I'm safe. But then sometimes it'll wait for a second to, <laughs> to make suspense. the sense. Yeah, so they'll be talking. You're like, wait, did I get it wrong? Did I did I get it right? Did I not get anything? What's happening? And then all of a sudden, after like two lines of passage, it's like, bring, and you're like, oh, whew, I'm safe. Oh man, yeah. I that's that sounds intriguing, but that definitely doesn't sound like it's up my alley. And I, yeah, <sighs> you would get frustrated. I, I just know that about your experiences. I mean, this is pretty you know straightforward kind of romance options and then visual novel options and the battles uh are apparently really cool play very action oriented like dynasty warriors i'm almost to that point uh there's a lot of anime scenes in it and it it looks beautiful and i love the world and the characters so far but it's hard to recommend to anybody who doesn't enjoy that you know majority of it being visual novels and and that's in line with the series but it, the action-oriented battles probably will bring in a few more people. I'm curious to see how it plays out. And worst-case scenario, if uh, I'll let you borrow it once I'm finished with it, and you can see if it's even something up your alley. Yeah, maybe dedicate a weekend to it and see if I can get in and see if I'll stick or not. We'll yeah, see fun how fact goes. about that. Uh, it's not available on the PSN digitally last time I checked. Whoa, really? Yeah, it's only available physically, which makes uh, my, my cold, dead heart beat a little happier. Yeah, that's neat. A physical <laughs> exclusive. I've never yeah. heard of such a thing. How do they do updates? Uh, maybe there's maybe it's a complete game. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, it's a rarity a big game. I think the install was like forty four gigs. 
Jesus. Yeah. Nice. Oh, and that's another thing is it's mostly voiced, but there's definitely these weird moments in the game where sections are not voiced. So oh, and you'll they stick out them. pretty bad because yeah, they'll be talking for like like a good like few minutes, and then all of a sudden you'll be in a section where it doesn't have sound at all. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's I, a, I it's, do want. I think I do want to give it a try if if anything for a bit, but I I'm kind of weary now. Not not as excited. A little skeptical. I'll walk oh, around course. the pond, but I don't think I I, I want to immerse yet now. Well, I <sighs> That's mean, unfortunate. I have. I have no experience with Arkham Knight, so watching your streams of it has actually kind of put me in a weird place because watching you do that Batmobile section for oh, like a good solid 10, 15 minutes last night oh, and just God. not surviving in any way. Like <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I don't know if this is the kind of game I'm looking for. I mean, maybe I'll just stick to the other two, but yeah, it's Arc- uh, it's. I mean, I am playing it on hard, though, because I've already played it and beat it before, uh, and I want to make sure I'm challenged and engaged, and that what I'm playing, that one particular section is, like, one of the harder one, one of the harder uh, quest, I say quest, one of the harder side missions, period. So, that was literally, <laughs> like, the pinnacle of anything, and it is, uh, it's a rough one, but the the Batmobile sections are notorious for being the, the downfall of the entire game. So if you stuck with the other two games, you're you're fine. But the twist in Arkham Knight is really cool if you're a Batman fan. I really enjoyed it. I like it. It's cool. I like it. Okay, I'll have to give it a go. But wow. I would definitely recommend like an easier normal. That way you don't have to. That way you ain't got to mess with it. Or you don't even have to do all those all those Arkham Knight side quests unless you just want the upgrades to make sure you're cared for. But oh, that's okay. what I'm. That's what I was doing last night was a side quest. Uh, a side quest thing to make sure I'm, I'm cared for before I get to the harder bits. Cause I'm, I'm like 60% done with the main story. So oh, wow. I just want to make sure I'm good. You've been trucking along in that thing. Haven't you? I'm trying, I'm trying. And it, it's not as long as I remember, like I'm getting like 15 to 20% each time I stream. So <laughs> it's not too bad. Well, that's a good, that's a good progress. So yeah. We get to the next part of our podcast, which is where we talk about what we've been watching lately. And as I understand it, you finished up the Neon Genesis Evangelion TV series. I, I unfortunately did, and <laughs> I I was very displeased. I I got to about episode I think twenty four, not twenty four, about twenty twenty two to twenty three, and I was really happy with where it was because they started doing like this whole like religious battle between Adam and uh, not Adam, but of Adam and Kawaru, which was supposed to be Adam's body and, or Adam's soul and Adam's body, which was Gendo Ikari. And then Lilith was down in the pits of earth and everyone was being called Lilins. And it was really cool. And I love that kind of stuff. It, it always really intrigues me. They bring like, religious or biblical aspects because it's, it's always it's it's a little bit more interesting i was like god what are the avas made of and what is this all gonna be ah super cool <laughs> and then and then it started the show started i guess is what you could say <laughs> and then it, it broke it broke all the characters down like the next episode which is cool it broke down their faults and what was wrong with each of them and what what they were seeking out what their intentions were and their faults and it was neat but i i think if they did that 
in between the other episodes it had been nice too so we could have focused on this biblical battle of catastrophic proportions <laughs> but it, they didn't and it just kept going and I don't I don't think there was a really nice conclusion for me it it was really deflating and unfortunate my wife was sitting there watching it with me and I was explaining up to the Adam and Eve stuff or Adam and and uh, Kawaru and I was like oh man I, I don't know what's gonna happen next and as we got to that part, I was like, I'm, I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> there's a, there's a section where they go through a simulation. Uh, do you, do you remember that part where he goes through like a, uh, what is it? There's a, a part where he, they actually live through a, a sec. I don't even remember what the project was called, but it's a section where he sees how his life could have been in a different world where oh, he's yeah. happy. He has self value. He's confident. Uh, Miss Masoda's their teacher and everything's happy and fun. And I was like, oh shit, this is all a dream? Oh my god, that this is it? And then they pull it all back and I was like, nah, it wasn't really a dream, but it could have been. This could have been something else. And I was like, I, this was a, if th- this was all a big metaphor or something for self-value and worth and yep. Ah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Hideaki Ano loved to do kind of very... Uh, you know, deep thinking kind of themes. I mean, like what it really kind of came across to me was like, by the end, it was the fact that no matter what the end was, you know, Shinji had found self-worth and value and and confidence and, you know, and the other characters had come to terms with different things and that's what it was all about. And it it didn't matter what the end of the whole biblical thing was. Um, You know, he does a lot of like coming of age story type things. Uh, You know, FLCL is full of all kinds of metaphors and, was that him and... too? Hmm. Uh, was that him too? The team. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, but uh, that's where it gets really interesting. Is like that was his big, you know, think piece ending, and he was very satisfied with it. And apparently, the fans weren't, which is understandable. Um, you know, you have this big mech-based, you know, mythology-filled story, and then you end it with you know someone coming to accept themselves and and find their self value and be like, all right, that's it. Uh, and of course people are going to kind of get upset. So he made uh, the death and rebirth movie and ended Evangelion. And it, it gets pretty wild. Like, have you watched that yet? No, I, I haven't got to it. I think I'm going to take a break just because <laughs> I had to force myself through all like the last so many episodes this past weekend. I think I'm kind of done <laughs> with Evangelion at the moment. I may go back for the movies because, as I understand, there's like ten, but I, I don't think I want to do it now. But I understand I need to finish it to kind of get the whole picture now. So here's the the lowdown: like, you're done with the TV series, and then there's a Death and Rebirth movie, and then there's the end of Evangelion. Death and Rebirth is kind of like a uh, like a compilation film to kind of fill you in of the overall story. Mm-hmm. And then End of Evangelion is the uh, second ending to the show. And um, I, it, that's an experience to, to behold. And that's the original movies that follow the, the TV series. The newer movies, which is, you know, 1.11, uh, 2.22, and 3.33. Uh, that's Studio Kahara. And it's a reboot of the series. It's it, like the first movie sticks mostly to what the same thing in the TV series. And then it just goes all kinds of different directions. Ooh. Yeah. I can, and, and I can imagine great. that they're wasn't great. received well, I feel like. 
but just because that's I, I've heard this series, I guess, held in such high regards. I, I don't know why someone would want to touch it. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing: is that that's a part of the the whole uh, Gynex collapsing storyline that I was telling you about in the last podcast. Like, right. articles on Anime News Network about the rise and fall of Gynex and how Hideaki Yano and Studio Kahara came after that uh, to to because they separated. Like, he left them and he gave up the rights to. I think the merchandising rights to Neon Genesis Evangelion, if he could keep the actual rights and make his own version. So, oh. yeah, that was like part of it. And I think he even ended up loaning money to Gynex, which they didn't pay, and he had to take him to court to get paid back. And I think in the process of doing that, he got the merchandising rights back for Neon Genesis Evangelion. So he's got all of that in his belt. Uh, but the... Studio Kahara versions are his like this big reboot vision, and they're beautiful. They're awesome. They put so much effort into it. They only come out like every like few years, it seems. Because I mean, it's been a while. I think the fourth and final movie got de- delayed due to COVID, but it's still you know super anticipated. A lot of people have you know just been blown away by the movies, and I need to sit down and watch them again. It's been a good long while since I sat down and watched them. And hmm. I, you know, they were really fun, and you get new characters. I mean, Asuka ends up going completely different direction. Like, she ends up with an eye patch. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some pretty it's crazy pretty metal. story beats. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's a whole other thing. It, like the the one point eleven and all those the ones made by Studio Kahara have nothing to do with the original TV series and. And uh, Death and Rebirth and End of Evangelion. So you only have two movies to watch to kind of follow that chunk of Evangelion. And then the movies are its own thing, too. Okay, that's not too bad. That kind of makes it that makes it seem a little bit more tangible to, to actually conquer. So I could do that. Um, so you've been watching after... anything else besides being disappointed by Neon Genesis Evangelion's <laughs> original ending? Not yet. Um, so my next bits to watch... Um, I want to watch, what is it? I'm going to finish Overlord. I've been getting bullied, uh, by, by some friends and my brother <laughs> to finish Overlord and to watch Angel Beats. So I'm going to watch and finish those. Oof. And then what else? I feel like I'm supposed to watch something else. That way I can get everyone off my back. Angel but Beats is going to tear you up. Angel Beats? Yeah, get get some tissues ready, man. Oh, well, I didn't know it was gonna be like that. Shit, it's a All great right. show. It is one of the one of a uh, personal favorite of mine. It's actually out of print now, so you can only watch it on streaming. I have the old Blu-ray set that came out. Um, I jumped on it before they were gone for good, and I rewatched it for the second time, and I forgot how like just great and silly that show is while also being emotionally deep at the same time and by the end of it you're just blown away it's so much fun i like it wow okay that that kind of sets some expectations i'll i'm excited for that but other than that those are the ones i think she would enjoy that too okay well then we may have our next our next together anime but that's uh that's what i'll be juggling what are you what are you watching steven no I've been watching some fun stuff. I've continued my spring 2020 anime viewing and gotten another episode of 
Uh, my life is a villainous. My next life is a villainous under my belt, and she's actually uh, older now and at the academy, meaning you know the o- Otome Games uh, heroine and trying not to you know end up in trouble uh, with silly hijinks that ensue. And it's pretty, it's pretty dang funny. She's really just kind of ruined the whole timeline. So everything she does is still. She's worried about the way the game went, and it's not that way anymore. So it's it's very wild and crazy, and it's a right. lot of fun to watch. Yeah, she's changed everything now, so yeah. it's all brand new. Yeah, so she's it's watching her react in real time is really funny, and she still has her little council of mini hers, uh, you know, making decisions, and I think that's hilarious. But I'm continuing to enjoy it, and it's still in the top spot for the season. Uh, Tower of God. I watched the fifth episode today because I think it just came out today or this morning, whatever. Uh, and it's it's still going strong. It's progressing at a pretty hefty speed. So you kind of got to pay attention. And I'm curious where it's going to go. It's really kind of throwing some curveballs at me because I thought, you know, he's going after this girl, Rachel, and that he, you know, apparently is really connected to. And you think like that's going to be the end goal, and then she turns up at one point in early in the series, and it's like, okay, so where does this go? Uh, and that was the end of the last episode, so it, now I have to wait another week to find out what's going to happen. Ah, uh, yeah, I got to catch up on Shadowverse. I uh, man, I oh, fell behind. Man. I've been playing the game too much. I got to watch the sh- I got to watch the show again. <laughs> hey, I finally opened all my free packs, and now I just need to build a deck so I can actually face off against you in that thing. Dude, I'm ready. Whenever you whenever you open up, they have nice little auto deck setups. So you can uh it can make a deck for you and just battle if you don't want to read everything. But it's once you start battling, I like I'm going through the story modes right now just to get familiar with all the different deck setups. It's uh super cool. I'm really digging it. Yeah, like, I've uh, uh I've done the soldier like the soldier one for the story. I've done I think the forest craft one and the dragon craft one. Yeah, Dragoncraft is is my main deck right now, and then Shadowcraft was a pretty fun one to play with too. That's the one with the it's got like skeletons, and I think it's got this girl. Or yeah, the girl has skeletons around her if you choose that uh, icon in the story mode. Yeah, but that one's a fun one to play with too. And that that just kind of brings me to the point that Shadowverse is a really great anime, but it definitely is improved if you play Shadowverse. Which yeah. uh, is on PC and mobile, if I recall correctly. It plays a lot like Hearthstone. Um, and I find it really approachable, and it's kind of its own little animal. But when you watch the show, it's, it's you know, fun anime kids, uh, you know, fighting each other in it. And did you watch the most recent episode? No, no, I still got to catch up on it. Yeah, the girl character ends up uh, being the main focus in this one. Uh, Mimori, I think is her name. And mm-hmm. it's pretty... It's a pretty enjoyable episode. It's it's cute. It's fun, and, and the battle is really interesting. So you get to see how, like, her forest craft deck works works versus, uh, I think, like her necrom the other one's necromancer deck or something. Uh, might be shadowcraft. Who knows? Um, but it was pretty enjoyable. I was I was kind of I was kind of enthralled, and then it was over, and I was like, oh okay, well I guess I'm done. I'm all caught up on spring twenty twenty anime, but the. Uh, the uh, this I don't know if people consider this anime, but I watched Advent Children, uh, Final Fantasy Advent Children last night. That's totally an anime. Totally yeah. an anime. It's it's CGI anime, but it's it's anime. Yeah, and this this movie, man, I have it, it came out in two thousand five. It is officially fifteen years old. It's one year away from being able to drive a car. 
<laughs> and, uh, oh, don't describe things that way. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you know. Oh God. Feel. Yeah. Because you remember when that shit came out, don't you? Oh yeah, dude. I watched AMVs about that movie. Don't don't describe <laughs> them that way. <laughs> I watched that uh, Cloud Sephiroth fight scene with Three Days Grace behind it. Don't describe oh, wow. things that way. <laughs> oh man, AMVs. Talk about a throwback. God. Uh, but it just struck me as is how much of the models from Advent Children ended up in Final Fantasy VII Remake, and. It's wild that basically we're playing a game now that is Advent, you know, Advent Children level CGI, but it's a game we play, and that that blew me away. The other thing that blew me away on that thing is, uh, it really requires you to know the lore of Final Fantasy VII. Like, I feel bad for anybody that knows nothing about the game, and or the even its spinoffs, because you really need some information. To watch that movie, it, outside of just being like, whoa, that was a really cool fight scene and motorcycle chase. Like, you know, you know, when you're 15 or 16 and, you know, they're fighting swords and guns while riding motorcycles spinning around each other and stuff like that. You know, Tifa's beating up some dude in the in the church and, you know, there's a giant dragon and everybody's fighting it. Now, that part's cool, but, like, when there's, they spend a good chunk of time in the beginning of the movie talking, and if you have no clue about the game... It's all gibberish. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I've watched the movie in its entirety. I may have just watched, like, fight scenes now that I think about it. <laughs> well, Man. it's not like you could watch it. Yeah, I wouldn't have known what that... I mean, I knew Cloud and Sephiroth. I know Final, Fan- uh, Final Fantasy characters, and I played Dirge of Cerberus. But other than that, my, my knowings of Final Fantasy VII has been relatively limited up until now. Which I mean, is, it's still pretty limited, but... <laughs> which is wild, because you love Dirge of Cerebus, and as far as I'm aware, it's connected to Advent Children. You know, it's technically after the main storyline. But as a kid, I wasn't playing to know things. I was playing to be a demon and shoot things. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't grasping what I was doing. I was like, oh, shit, this is sick. And just yeah, so, well, at least you know what you wanted. Yeah, I was a, a simple man with simple pleasures. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm also... Going back through Kaguya-sama, Love is War, which is easily one of the funniest damn animes I've ever seen. And this is my third time watching it. So you'd think I would have been a little over it by now. But that show is just beautifully animated. The opening song is freaking great. The whole concept is hilarious in the idea that... Do you even know anything about this show? I... I'm trying to think about it. I don't know anything. All I know is the the pink-haired girl does a dance, and that's all I know. <laughs> I I love how you 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 assess things. It's it's so simple and straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I got. I, I just I know facts, and that's it. Pink-haired girl dances. What's going on here? <laughs> You've probably seen the, plenty of memes that use Kaguya-sama for it. That's for sure. I have, yeah, but I just I don't know the context. I've just seen. Just memes with text in them, but I don't know anything else about it. I, I know... What's Chika? Is that her name? Uh, yeah, I think it's Fujiwara Chika. As, uh, like, for, now I'm drawing a blank, even though I've watched it three fucking times. Okay. Uh, yeah, that should be the name. Uh, she's uh, the pink-haired girl. Yeah, I've just seen her name and memes about her, but I, re- I don't know anything about what the show is. Cause I, it's, it's one of those ones that's always been on my list. Yeah, so the general premise is... Uh, 
this is elite school for rich people and stuff like that. And they have a you know amazing student council, and the president is this guy named Shiragane, who's actually not from a rich family. He's from a relatively poor family, but he got there through scholarship and just working really hard. And that's how he also became the student council president. Well, mm-hmm. his vice president is this girl from like one of the most elite families in the world uh, named uh, Shinomiya and uh, sorry, like Kaguya. And she also come, it works for the student council. Well, they both like each other, but they have this really proud sense in them that whoever confesses in the relationship is the loser. And therefore the winner has control, more control in the relationship over the other person. So what they do is they try to get the other person constantly to confess to them. And so they play these games where it's like, Oh, I have these movie tickets in my possession. And it's like, Oh, well that's a, that's a shame that I can't go to that, that movie. I mean, and they, they verbally spar and they try to like, you know, one up each other to get the other person to confess. And it almost never really goes their way or it has cute roundabout ways that it works out. And, but it's got a lot of funny, like facial reactions and just situations that make me crack up laughing. Wow. Um, Yeah. What there's, (laughs) there's a, one of the character things about the main president is he's just like really hardworking so he can appear far more, skilled than he actually is so there's mm-hmm. an episode and this isn't that uh, big of a deal but there's an episode where he's they're supposed to have a volleyball tournament and you know he's the you know student council president he has to be good at everything he does so he's in the gym practicing by himself and it shows him doing this magical jump to do a you know a jump serve and he misses and straight up falls down on his face and it's animated in just this really dynamic kind of crazy fall that just looks like it hurts and he's just so pathetic, and it's really funny. <laughs> but then uh, Fujiwara, the pink girl, shows up and sees him, and so he freaks out, but then she volunteers to teach him. And so he, she's like, oh, well, let's see how it goes. And he tries to serve again, and then he, he swings to hit the ball and hits himself in the face and knocks himself on the ground. And uh, she's just like, oh, God, how bad is this going to be? <laughs> and it, it, then, you know, they basically train him, and she's just worn out through the whole process. And then he's like... All right, now to do uh, passes and and strikes, and she's just like ah, and the end of the thing works out really well because he he's like expert at everything, and the, the pink hair girl's just on the sideline looking dead, and she goes, "I raised that boy." <laughs> it's just so the situational comedy and just the facial expressions and just how everything works in that show is really good. Like the, me telling that story is kind of funny in like concept, but if you see it animated and just the way it's delivered, it's yeah. a million times more funny. Hmm. And it's getting a, or if it's not already airing a season two, right? Yeah. Season two is airing on Funimation right now. I think they have the exclusive streaming rights right at the moment. Okay, cool. Good deal. Yeah, Glad it's definitely a... worth a watch, and I, I think that finally wraps up what I've been watching lately. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing a lot of watching. I have been furloughed from my job. I have so much time. <laughs> yeah, man. But, yes, now we get to the meat and potatoes of this episode, and that is the wonder that is Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I have plenty to say about it, but I'm kind of, you started just recently, didn't you? Wait, which one? Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, shit. I started Final Fantasy XIII. What? <laughs> oh, my God. I've been playing the wrong Final Fantasy. I don't know. I mean, the <laughs> I'm joking, away. but okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Final, Final Fantasy VII 
really good. I am I am loving it so much. I'm I'm really glad that I have a clean slate with this one. Like I'm I'm glad I didn't finish the first one and I'm I don't I don't want anything to compare if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, this one is is kind of unique in the fact that I feel like there's the you know kind of like the bones of the original storyline, but this is its own take. Like it, I feel like it's uh, under a microscope to a certain degree. Uh-huh. And you get to see it, see the world in a lot more detail. You get to know more people in the world. Because uh, in the original game, the Midgar section is only like like the first quarter of it. Like, you're not there a terribly long time. And uh, the story beats are, are pretty quick. So it's it was it was confusing how they were really going to flesh it out. But I'm, I am pleasantly surprised how much they've added in terms of character development for like some of the other uh, characters like Jesse and Wedge and Biggs. Um, and they, the side quests they've added into the game, which while I feel are a little bit there to just help you get extra items, maybe equipment and just kind of pad out a little bit of time they're you know, they're still a pretty fun and they don't take too long. So you're not taken out of the story for, for too long, but it's, it's its own creature. Like I, uh, several friends of mine have asked me if it's like the original game, and I said, not really. This is its own creature. It's it's its own style of game. Like the battle system is just bonkers fun. Like, what are you thinking about that? It is. It's really rewarding. I think. I I've never had something where I've had to work to do something I, I've wanted to do in that sense, I guess. How you have to build up to your ATP bar to where you can do another Fyra or so you can use a high potion. You just have to go wail on someone a little bit more. I think it's really fun I and, and rewarding. I think it's really cool. The only thing is I don't find myself switching between characters. I just don't have an interest in fighting as uh, Tifa, Barrett. Or anyone else. Actually, I think that's the only two I've had access to at the moment. I'm only in Chapter 5. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just really, don't really have any game. want. Like, I know that uh, Barrett's a necessity to fight the long-range guys. But he, I just don't want to. I just want to be Cloud. But it's uh, it's it's really neat. I really like it. And it's it's super fast-paced, too. The yeah. only... The only qual- Wow, what's the Q word? The only qualm I have with it. I was about to say quail. <laughs> the only bird I have with this um, is the <laughs> operator versus the punisher mode. And I think it's kind of odd, but I guess it's for however you might want to play it. Uh, operator seems to be where you can kind of run around freely and still attack. But punisher mode, you lose that mobility, but you can attack and stagger a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. If I'm interpreting that correctly... Yeah. But I, I think it's weird that I can't just start off in Punisher mode and still move around at the same time. I just, I don't understand why I can't do that. I don't know why they would limit that way. But it's still neat. I like it. I uh, I can do a, I can do a limit. I can summon in big fights. It, it makes it to where you can do that in critical story or critical fights. I, I, I really like it. What are your thoughts on it if I haven't talked too much on it? Oh no! It's uh, like I'm a big fan of the system because it's very dynamic. See, you're relatively uh, early in the game where you can stick to Cloud for a good chunk and and do just fine. But I, I'm in Chapter 13 at the moment, and uh, there is a point in the game where 
it's it's going to require more effort for from you to switch characters because roles become far more apparent. Uh, you know, Cloud, Cloud's moves are really cool. I like Operator being this kind of mobile thing, but it doesn't do as much damage. And having to strategically switch in between. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, whenever you switch out of Punisher mode back to Operator, he does a little flourish that kind of hits everybody around him. So it's a game of figuring the right time to switch between the different modes. And if you're in Punisher mode and you dodge with Circle, it'll automatically turn you back into Operator mode just without that flourish. Uh, oh. So, yeah, so he he's a very mobile and, and functional guy. Like, he does more damage in Punisher mode. He builds stagger faster. Um, and I, I think it, it builds ATB faster as well. So it's, it's very strategic. And as you get further in the game, you get people like, uh, you know, Tifa and Aerith. And they have their kind of, like, you know how Barrett has, he does long range attacks. So he can handle guys that are out of range and... And do different stuff like that. Well, Tifa and Aerith have their kind of uh, specialties as well. Tifa is just fast as hell, which helps with stagger. And uh, she's, uh, you know, a great one to use steel with. And then Aerith is clearly your mage. Uh, so she's got really powerful spell kind of bonuses. Like, I think she has an ability called Arcane Ward uh, that helps boost spells. And uh, that's, I'm not spoiling anything for you because it's just, you know, what she starts with. Um but you'll are you even at Aerith yet? I've ran into her in the beginning where you meet her selling her flowers. But I, I mean I know she's coming. So no no biggie. Yeah. Like so every character has its role and that you will have to adjust to switching. There's some big boss battles that come up where you're not gonna get a choice. Ooh. And, yeah, so it, so once you start being forced into that position, you'll get a lot more comfortable with it. And especially since you you really they don't really build up a lot of ATB as AI, so there's kind of this system that it, like it really makes you kind of expand your abilities as you go through the game, which I think is great for progression and makes the difficulty curve a little bit better because you start learning you have to switch over, do enough to get their ATB up, and then switch over to another one, do enough to get their ATB up, then you can switch back to cloud, use R two or L two to activate their abilities and set them going to do stuff while you're still operating cloud. So it's this this whole like kind of management thing, and it becomes even more uh, fast paced and dynamic. And I, I really love that about the game. I I have definitely sweat through some boss battles, I, and I've even lost a couple. Like this game's pretty challenging. I think I think the, the battle system is equally engaging and challenging, and I'm really looking forward to doing the hard mode version of it. I liked the first boss battle with the scorpion in the factory. I Ooh, thought it was yeah. a very good first boss where I could learn a lot from it. Like, learning weaknesses and how to gauge what I'm doing. I, I think I did switch between Cloud and Barrett a bit, but only so I could support Cloud. Like, I only used him to thunder the thunder the boss and get him mm. weak so I could hop back to Cloud and damage him a lot more. But it was a, a really neat boss. And I don't think I fought another... No, there was a motorcycle guy I just fought. And oh, he was... Yeah. A, I, I really like him. He is full of fire. And he he cannot contain it. He's really energetic, but yeah, he's not in the original game. But he, I thought he was a fun addition. Yeah, he's. Uh, I hope I get to see him again. And he uh, he was just really fun to fight in our little solo fight. But he had a little uh, pre-fight before where you fight him on a motorcycle. And if if stuff like that's in there to kind of switch it up and keep everything interesting, then by all means, this is going to be one hell of a game. And I'm really excited 
to see yeah, what else I'm it has. I'm excited for you to experience more of it because I, I just cannot get enough of you know what they're throwing out there. Yeah, I didn't realize you were so far ahead of me. I'm gonna have to do some catching up. Yeah, I well, I've had it for a little bit longer than you, but uh, true. But yeah, uh, the story is 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 really well done. But I I also can't say enough about how beautiful the game is. See, I'm playing on a, a 4K uh, PlayStation Pro, and uh, this thing is just smooth as butter. I haven't really had any. Uh, you know, frame rate drops or anything like that. And you see so many details. Like, one of my favorite things earlier in the game is when Aerith uh, gives you a flower. And he kind of puts it in his, like... Uh, yeah. You know, little, I guess, uh, suspender? Yeah. And it's It sounds so lame him. when you call it a suspender. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> but, yeah, but, you're right. That was beautiful. Yeah, well, and he's running around, like, fighting guys and exploring the town, and it's still there. And, like, you can see it bounce. And there's just a lot of detail put into the graphics and the way they move. There's also still some funny, like, you know, physics mistakes. But that's that's mostly me trying to break it. <laughs> it's, uh, I really like everyone's facial focuses. Whenever they, like, zoom in on Tifa or whenever they zoom in on jesse's face like everyone looks really pretty too even cloud whenever his hair bristles when he does his uh like he's not sure like everyone looks great and i i enjoy looking at everyone it it looks cinematic all the time and there's like only one or two times where i've seen like some texture things but i mean i'm not mad at it i'm sure there's a lot going on and i mean i'm playing (laughs) on a ps slim so by all means take your time do what you gotta do i'm enjoying everything else i gotta see and can we take a minute to admit that Jessie is the best girl? I I thought she was, but Wedge Wedge just said a line to me that made me nervous and he was like, "It's all a game, bro. It's all a game to her." And I was like, "Hey, don't don't do that. Don't do that to me." Oh yeah. No, it's a she's she's a hoot and a half. I I like her character. She's I do really, too. Like, I really like Jessie. I like her more than Tifa cuz I mean her heart's in every or at least Jesse's heart seems to be in everything and Tifa's like half-assing it and her heart doesn't seem to be in everything but that's just my opinion yeah uh, Tifa's growth really doesn't come very fast at least not at this point in the story uh you know a lot of her character growth was later in in the main story so I'm curious to see how everything continues but there's some really like that's the thing about this game is it's very much a set piece sort of thing like each chapter is kind of a set piece that you go through and there are some really cool ones coming up for you. Like I, basically chapters seven through like eleven, twelve ish. Like there's some really big highlight moments. There's some cool bosses and there's cool enemies and just all kinds of things to find. And like even where you're at now, even though you think you're probably well into the game, there's still stuff that you haven't found yet that kind of change up the formula. Oh yeah, like new materia, new battle intel, different things that you haven't even seen yet. And when you when you get there, you're gonna be like, "What?" I'm just, I'm really only here for Vincent. That's it. <laughs> Once I find Vincent in the dirge of Cerberus, I, I'm done. Uh, it, it just you're gonna get Vincent, and you're like, "Game over." That's it. That's it, man. This is a good game. <laughs> I'm gonna turn it off. <laughs> Uh, and the music's really good in this game too have you like what do you think of the music because see i have fond memories of the original game and they've definitely done some rearrangements for some of the the tunes and everything but you know and i even know some of them by name 
But as a first-time player, like, what are you thinking of the music so far? I mean, I love just turning on the game and just letting the music, the opening Final Fantasy, just letting that play. But I don't really know any of the Final Fantasy VII music. But I like walking around playing, collecting the music. I think that's really cool and getting to know each of the songs, like Tifa's theme. And I don't know if Hip Hop De Chocobo was in the original one. I think that's a really fun tune I've found so far. And I like it. It's really energetic and kind of memorable so far. But everything's cool and when you're in combat like where i'm at right now in the game i'm uh well shit where am i right now i'm in one of the uh i'm going to one of the factories and sometimes when i'm fighting or shit's starting to get heavy it gets real bombastic with the with the music and it's it, it kind of motivates me it's like oh god I, I gotta make sure this is this is done right or else this is this is a world this is my ass it's gonna take we, we gotta we gotta do this it's really great i love it the the battle music from this this entry is one of my personal favorites like it literally gets stuck in my head and i'll sing it sometimes like when i'm in the shower or something i don't know uh or just driving or writing or i, I don't know i just I, I will whistle it and i'll hum it like all over the place <laughs> was a very one thing that happened with the music was or not not necessarily the music but barrette or barrette uh, Barrett was going da, 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 about something. I was like, oh, it's just like old boy from 15. I guess they always have someone in the game doing this. Yeah, he, well, maybe mean, they like, will forever, forever and ever now. Well, considering that the fanfare was, you know, a big staple of the traditional turn basing. So like once the battle was over, like this is what we do. Like, congratulations, you won this battle. Moving on to the next one. Well, when you have like open world kind of exploration type stuff and you're fighting enemies in real time, there's no yeah. like moment to stop and do that. So they just kind of fix that by having a random character be the one that sings it in a goofy ass way. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Okay. Yeah. it's. I'll, uh, I'll let it slide then. It's still oh, fun like watching it. the the modern interpretation of Barrett's uh, Mr. T with a gun attached to his arm going on. I uh, he's so aggressive, like just constantly. <laughs> like there were a couple times he talked to uh, Cloud crazy. I was like, Cloud, whoop his ass! Like you don't have to take this. <laughs> like you, you can literally beat him. He doesn't. He doesn't stand a chance. But, I mean, I guess he needs the money. But it, it, it's fun. Everyone's got their own personality, and no one really feels the same, which is cool. Even for Biggs and Wedge, like, those two don't feel like generic side characters. They mm-hmm. feel like part of the crew, and it's really nice. Yeah, and see, that's the difference there. Is the original game, they were kind of very much, you know, to the side. They were they were there to flesh out the rest of the uh, the group. And in this one, they are full living breathing characters with backstories and and uh you know their own like kind of subject matter i mean have you done the section with jesse's like jesse go, like going back to jesse's home yeah yeah we've done all that yeah it, it so was like, really cool yeah yeah you find out about the fact that she was you know an actress mm-hmm. and you know she was you know at the gold saucer and You'll even hear some of the people when you walk around town, there'll be like a little girl that says, when I grow up, I want to be just like Jessie. You know, so she's known. And it's it's really kind of a cool flavor, to, and it's additional to the game, and I think that's really great. And you find out some more backstory with Biggs, too, and it's just great. Though it's hilarious that Wedge is the member of the group that has, you know, cat lady-itis. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I, it, I've already dealt with so many cats in the game with a side quest and and this all together. I, I'm I'm overwhelmed by the amount of cats that I've already seen unexpectedly. <laughs> I I absolutely adore Cloud at the beginning of the game because he's just an asshole. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I wasn't for ex- no reason. <laughs> I've heard he was always kind of like a funny guy or something. Like he wasn't as broody as he is in Kingdom Hearts games because. In Kingdom Hearts, they kind of melded him with Vincent Valentine's character because they mm. like his design, or they liked Vincent's design, but everyone likes Cloud, so they mixed him and put him in Kingdom Hearts. But everyone hates that uh, that Cloud because Cloud's a lot more light or light-hearted than Vincent is, and uh, in here he's he's an asshole. And I was like, oh man, I, I thought you were different than this. What's going on? Yeah, I wouldn't call Cloud from the original game light-hearted. He was still an asshole at the beginning of the game, you know, hmm. very matter of fact, no nonsense. And he does lighten up a little bit throughout the game, but he's still cloud. He's, he's still kind of moody. You know, he's still got emo hair. Yeah, it's pretty angsty. <laughs> okay. So is there anything else that's, uh, you know, really kind of been selling out? Like, I can't sing enough praises about this game. I, I honestly can't. And I recommend it to pretty much anybody that I can. Uh, you know, a lot of people were up in arms and, you know, were like, if it wasn't just a one-for-one remake, screw Square Enix. And if they change the story, screw Square Enix. And then, I don't know. This is its own animal. And, it, you know, I went into it with that thought process and I'm just blown away. There's enough nostalgia there to really make me feel good about the game, but enough new stuff to really engage me and push me forward and to really make it its own creature. I don't think I can say enough positive either. I, I went in blind, and I'm loving it. I'm, I'm almost addicted. Like, I, I want to know what's going to happen next. What What's the next big thing we're doing with the uh, with Avalanche? And what, what's the next gig, guys? What are we doing today? And I, I can't... I don't want to get out of Midgar. I want to keep playing with Cloud and Barrett and jesse and all them not not really tifa it's whatever but like everyone else it's cool i'm i'm really invested and i i kind of can't wait for part two even though i'm not done with part one so i'm super excited i definitely understand that and you have you have walmart to look forward to which is going to be an experience that i want you to tell me about on the next podcast hopefully you'll be that far enough along uh, but that kind of wraps up our, you know, impressions of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Clearly, we we love this game. And, uh, you know, it's nothing's perfect. And it, you'll definitely find some things that may kind of rub you the wrong way. But overall, I'd say a, a, a solid 9.5 out of 10 for me. And uh, I'm looking forward to more uh, feedback from some of our friends and everything. But that pretty much wraps it up for us today, doesn't it? Yes, sir, it does. Um, and with that, if... You have any kind of feedback you want to give to us, you can check us out on Facebook. Leave us any kind of comment you'd like, uh, feedback, questions. We'd like to read anything, and we'll take it on to our next episode and maybe take on any questions. Um, if you'd like to see more of us on any other podcast source, you can check us out on Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And with that, Stephen, I'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next time, my friend. Peace.